Welcome to the Life Launch Podcast. My name is Heather Borsma. I'm a certified business coach who helps mama entrepreneurs double their business with more heart and less hustle. Want to learn how? Let's go. Welcome back to the Life Launch Podcast, everybody. I'm so happy to have you here today. And we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Sarah, and she is the founder, CEO, boss lady of Three Mm -hmm. Pints Organizing in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And she is going to be sharing some of her entrepreneurial journey with us. And we'll learn from all of her wisdom and her experience. (laughs) And thanks for being here with us, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me, Heather. I'm so so glad to be here. Just love talking to you. I like talking to you, too. So tell the people a little bit about you and your business. Mm-hmm. So, yep, I'm um, not from Winnipeg, but have been here for 12 years. My husband and I moved back here. I'm from the U.S. He's from here. Uh, we were overseas for a long time, actually. It's where we met. And so we moved back to North America to have our kids be closer to family and so I actually stayed at home that was one of the considerations when we came to Canada I really wanted to be full-on with the kids it would have been a lot harder to do that in the U.S. so we chose uh, Canada when my kids my youngest was two so we have three um, 12 10 and six right now so when he was around two uh, my husband was kind of like so what are you gonna do (laughs) Like when the kids go back to school and I was like, I don't know. I don't, don't pressure me. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I always felt like I was good at a lot of things and not just one thing. And so I really struggled to figure out like, what does that look like? But the common thread was always people. It was always being with people, helping people. My background is um, psychology. So I've always wanted to just be a helper. I had heard a friend of mine that started talking about organizing and I was just like, what? Like people can do this. And so I was like a hundred miles down the road. I had already like, let's start a business. We could be huge. And she's like, no, I don't really want to do that. And I was like, well, I do. So then I really just started looking into it and the home edit and Marie Kondo weren't really big yet. Um, I feel like Instagram was just kind of starting to take off. Um, and so I really just decided I'm going to just put in the work to make this happen and see where it goes. And now here we are five years later, almost, and I have six employees and we are highest rated on Google in the city. And we, yeah, have lots of great feedback. And and I feel like we're starting to really find our groove as a business. We never do the same thing twice. I feel like every day is different. And that's so funny that I was like, I don't know what I like. I like everything. And that's kind of what has happened is we do everything. It's been a crazy, especially over COVID. And I had, I was sick. And during all of that time, it's sort of just stayed this consistent little thing that's grown into something. You started it in 2019 then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you got sick after the business already started? Like right away. So I, I sort of was like faking it until I made it. Um, because I was telling a lot of people I'm a professional organizer and I had no clients yet. (laughs) So then I, I remember I was at the Winnipeg home and garden show and they're like asking me all these things. I'm like, I literally have no paying clients right now, but here I am on stage pretending like I do. Um, And so then I got my first client in May of 2019. And then I was diagnosed with cancer in June, 2019. Whoa. It was like, 
one month later and I was like, are you kidding me? But in so many ways, it really, it helped me kind of keep my head above water while I was in treatment and I had 12 rounds of chemo and surgery and all this stuff. And I just felt like when I could be at work with people, I wasn't the patient. I was the the person who was able to help. Um, so yeah, it kind of got like, I feel like we got a lot of like false starts and then we're like, and we got to pull back and now it's COVID and we got to pull back. And it was so felt like we sort of were always trying to figure out how are we going to survive this? Wow. Yeah. So you continued to work the business while you were going through. Yes. Treatment. I got in a lot of trouble with my nurse. I would call her and I would be like, I can't come in for blood work that day because I have a client. She's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this takes priority. I was like, well, (laughs) does it? I feel like you could squeeze me in tomorrow instead. She just like, I drove her crazy because I was just, I would bring my laptop into treatment. Like I'm hooked up to all these machines. And then here I am creating my newsletter. I was just like obsessed with it because chemo, I think in a lot of ways, it gives you like, you can crash. And then all of a sudden you're on this high for like five days from all of the drugs. It's got to be all this crazy stuff running through your body. And so on those really high days, I would see my clients and I would build the business and then I would like create all this content. And then you would crash again when you go back to Mm. chemo. We had a young adult counselor walking us through it. And him and my husband would constantly in our meetings be like, you need to stop, like slow down. Uh, And I just couldn't, I felt like it was what was keeping me alive. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't realize that you got sick after you started it. Yeah. So that's I know. Wild. wild. Fast forward to you're a couple of years in and you are a mom of three. I didn't realize our kids were the exact same ages. 12, oh, 10. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. 10, 10, 12, 10, and 6 as 12, well. 10, 6, yeah. So what a, yeah. What a, what a ride. You've built this business. You've made it through your cancer treatment. Mm. You're running the business. You're being a mom. You're being a mm. wife. Hmm. What kind of started to break down for you in that process? Oh, just the the hustle culture was, I just feel like that out of COVID, everyone was like, great, we've survived. Let's now hustle our asses off. And I was like, yes, I guess that's what success looks like. I mean, I don't think I started out thinking I want to be an entrepreneur. Like that wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. So I really didn't even know what that looked like. I wasn't connected with any networks. Um, I was sort of just flying solo in the middle of this like wild world of business. And then I just started feeling like everything was, was a chore. It was just exhausting. And I was, you know, I I would go to work and then I would come home and I would spend three hours on the computer working. And I just felt like I was so stretched. I was just hitting walls constantly. Like, I just don't have any more creativity. And I think I got to the point where I'm like, I am done. Like I Mm -hmm. just, I I know it's a good product, but I just don't have the capacity to do this anymore. And it's just like too much. Hmm. Yeah. And then what did you didn't quit? <laughs> I did not quit. What happened? Um, well, I reached out to you. I think you had been asking, and you know, every few months you would be like, do you want, you should try business launch. Like you should try, you should try this. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need it. It's fine. I'm good. And then I got to a point. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. I want to quit. And I think you're like, don't quit. Just come and, and try this out. And I think it was like the first call. I was like, oh my 
gosh, this is what I have been missing. I didn't know there were people like me. I didn't realize that people were thinking the same things I was. And, and I think I had been to a few like networking opportunities and it was like, I just don't want to talk surface stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I really wanted to get into the nitty gritty. I was hooked after that. How did we first connect? Well, you actually, I, okay. We have a mutual friend in Calgary who is a professional organizer. And she reached out to me and she said, one of my clients is moving back to Winnipeg or something and connected us through Instagram, I think. And then you and I worked together on your old house. Right. Yeah. And we were planning out your new build in Winnipeg. We're designing your pantry and all your storage. That was our first connect. I think so. Yeah. Crazy. I know. And now here we are. I love it. So you started coming to coaching Mm -hmm. and that's all fine and dandy, but like what actually changed for you internally from starting that coaching journey? First of all, the feeling of loneliness. I think that, you know, there were so many times where I just felt like I am, like I said, sort of treading water out here in the middle of this ocean that I, I really don't know anything about. And and I, and I'm trying to do this thing that I've never really learned about. Like I didn't go to business school. So I, I don't know about admin and networking and marketing, like all that stuff just felt really overwhelming. And I just wanted to do the thing that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what happened was I was telling myself in my brain, if I'm not good at this, I'm just going to quit. Like that makes sense. Logically, like if you're not good at it, you should quit. And then I think it was sort of a few months into coaching, Jessica Jansen was on one of your, either it was a podcast or she was a guest kind of speaker one day. And she said, let's just figure it out. And it was like, something just clicked. And I was like, wait a second, maybe I just have to figure it out. Maybe I don't have to quit. Maybe I can actually just try something new. And I think that was the theme that through all of the coaching calls and all of sort of what you were saying to different people on the calls was like, okay, well, what's the actual thinking behind this? And, you know, why, why couldn't you do this? Or have you tried this? I've always thought that if you're not good at something, it's just as sort of like, that's a characteristic that you have. You Mm. you just must not have that talent. Mm. And now my mindset has shifted to like, well, that's just not a strategy that's working right now. So we must be able to figure something else out. And that even applies to like my work life, you know, while we're at a job, it's like, well, okay, this isn't working, but let's figure something else out. Um, And it just gives us an out instead of just being defeated all the time. And I think I was just like in this self-defeating loop of like, well, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then my body was like, no, we can't. We're exhausted. We're stressed. Um, And it was just like my brain and my body were like, agreeing with each other and I'm in the middle like oh my gosh what am I gonna do um so it it really kicked me out of that cycle of self-critique mm-hmm. and self-abuse um and put me in the driver's seat I felt like I was like wait a second no I have a say in this I I can build it the only reason it doesn't work is my say I have a say in how this mm-hmm. goes um and I think my husband's always been like my sort of number one belief partner through all of it. And he has a very high logical assertive nature. And so he's all about just figuring it out. 
and doing the work involved. And I like to find the easy way. And there is no easy way when it comes to doing the work. I think one of the things you said there, I just wanted to pull out, which was there's this thought that if I'm not good at it, then it's just, then I should quit. Mm -hmm. But then you shifted to this different thought, which was, I can figure it out. And I think that's something that so many women listening to this podcast who run their own businesses probably relate to, because I think one of the things that is pretty common amongst female entrepreneurs I know is we never wanted to be entrepreneurs. We just wanted to help people. And we just wanted to offer the service that we offer, offer the solution to the problem. And along with that comes owning a business because people have to pay you and then you have to pay taxes and then on and on and on. It goes from there. But this whole idea that just because you're not good at all of those things Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're going in the wrong direction. Doesn't mean that it's a sign that you should quit. It's actually just information that you can use to adjust and change and grow and experiment. And that's so much of entrepreneurship is experimentation and looking at the data, looking at what's working, doing more of it, look at what's not working and figure out, even just hypothesize why it's not working. Yeah. And test and change and adjust. Right. It's not fun. That part of it is not fun. No, because it involves failure and disappointment. And I think that's the other thing that I'm, you know, have learned through coaching. I mean, it's obviously that, but we talk a lot about values and also not resisting what you feel. And so where it used to be where I beat myself up after a bad experience or a client wasn't happy and I would be like, oh, I'm just terrible. Like I feel so bad. And instead now I'm like, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted. I feel disappointed. We're going to figure out why it went down that way. We're going to make some adjustments and we're going to let it go. Talking myself through that emotion instead of like trying not to feel disappointed Hmm. uh, and setting myself up for, we're going to experience failure because we're, and I think you said this recently, we're trying something new. So Mm -hmm. anyone who's trying something new and we're learning to walk, we expect to fall down. And it's just interesting that we, when we start a new business, we just expect that we should not fail ever or that Mm -hmm. people expect growth to just look like this straight trajectory Mm -hmm. where really it's just these up and downs and, and I don't know if that ever stops. I feel like it's always just up and down and the ups are just different. But then I think the other sort of thing that really has transformed my life and it's starting to even transform my team um, because I'm implementing a lot of these things um, in my own catching up with my team. And we're having one-on-ones now with my, my girls. And um, we're talking about living according to our values and what Mm -hmm. does that look like? And that's been so, so crucial. And I have it like pinned up everywhere that, you know, instead of building or making all these goals, I really just want to align myself with my values. And that's Mm -hmm. so much more clear. I'm not disappointed when I don't make 200k, Mm -hmm. you know, because my value is not that my value is, is different, you know, than maybe what it looks like in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. So that's been huge, huge, huge for us. Um, And I even talked to my kids about that. Like, Mm. What what do you value when, when we're walking through decisions? Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah. It's such a game changer. Life changing. Really. Yeah. yeah. 
I feel like I could talk about that for the next hour with you, but we, (laughs) but I did say, I wanted to hear what your secret sauce is in your business. What's your secret sauce, Sarah? Our secret sauce. We, okay. We have a lot of fun, like Hmm. a lot of fun. People want to be with us. Um, I've never had to advertise for staff. They have always come looking. Um, mm-hmm. We get, I would say probably once a month, I have people wanting to apply to work for us because we just have so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of what we really focus on when we're doing our professional development together during our meetings is, you know, when you go to a good restaurant, the food can be incredible, but if the service sucks, you won't go back. And so I'm like, maybe we're not the most amazing organizers. Like we're not the home edit. There's some other people in the city who maybe are doing better work on paper, but our service is what's going to get our clients coming back time and time again, because Mm -hmm. we will get under their skin and we like are their secret friends. And then we clutch onto them and they'll (laughs) never leave us. And, and we really, I would say we have so many clients who have become even friends or like they they genuinely like having us around because that's our focus is like who wants a service that's going to make you feel judged or crappy about your home like you want people who are in your home that you're actually going to enjoy being there so mm-hmm. we're kind of like we're just like another friend except we know what we're doing not your friend right. has no idea what she's doing she's going to spend all your money oh my gosh have you read unreasonable hospitality No, but I love the sound of that immediately. Okay, because that's so interesting you brought that up because when we were on the retreat, Jess Jansen was talking to me about this book, Unreasonable Hospitality. And then Amanda, who was also on the retreat, went and downloaded it. And she's like, I'm reading it. I'm having explosions in my mind. So then I ordered it and I started reading it. And I was reading it like yesterday down by the beach. And I was actually like crying reading this book. And it's all about what you just said. It's all about providing a service that feels so unreasonably amazing that people are drawn back again and again to the service. And it's actually written in the context of the restaurant industry. Yeah. And they're, they were saying that exact thing, the restaurant that they were running it, the food was amazing, but it wasn't anything innovative. Like the food right. itself wasn't that different, but how right. they innovated was they innovated in terms of offering this mm-hmm. service yeah. that they call unreasonable hospitality. And one of the examples they gave was someone was dining at their restaurant and mentioned to their server that their parking meter was going to expire. And so one of the front of the house people went out and plugged their meter with some coins. And these people were just so amazed that this restaurant was willing to do that. And so then they just started making that a standard practice that when people would come, they would say, hey, how did you get here today? And if they said they had driven, they'd ask where they parked. And then they would just go and plug people's meters just as part of the service. And it's a little thing, but the more they did it and the more they made it part of what they were offering, the more people were amazed by it and would keep coming back for things like that. And I read that and I just felt like so inspired that there's a way to 
do your business. And I think it really does come from heart, right? Yeah. When you're yeah. really truly aligned with your values, yes. then you can infuse that into the experience that people are having. And those who value that same thing mm-hmm. will be moved by it. And those who don't won't, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. Because those aren't necessarily your people, that's but right. it just got my brain really like ruminating on what would that look like for me in my business? Right. Like how can I offer unreasonable hospitality and not even just in my so party and unreasonable hospitable <laughs> um, it's funny I read an amazing book by she's a friend of mine actually but she's now um she used to write for compassion she's now a food blogger her name's Bree McCoy and she wrote a book called come and eat and it was about that it was about inviting people to the table and when you host with any kind of stress or like obligation how people feel almost like guilty for being there um and I that really shifted how how I had people in my home and we love like we call them crappy dinner parties where people just bring whatever they have in their fridge and we (laughs) bring whatever we have in our fridge and we put it all together because it's really about the people um and I think that's something that we really stress in the business is like when we come to a client, one of the first things we'll do is make sure that we acknowledge their pets or their kids, because that is really important to them. So Mm -hmm. often like the pets will come to the door. Um, and so instead of like, you know, doing this, like one of the first things we'll do is like actually get down and let the dog or cat like sniff us and smell us. And it like sort of immediately makes the client feel like, okay, they're comfortable with what is important in my life or will address the the children and and make sure we get down to their level and look them in the eye. So I think those are like these tiny little things that I grew up working in the restaurant industry. So I I know what good service looks like and I know what crappy mm-hmm. service looks like because we lived in Australia where they literally don't care if you sit down at the table or not. Like they right. brought me the wrong food once and I was like, this is not what I ordered. And they're like, oh, but do you want this instead? I'm like, no. I don't like it was terrible. So, but, but working at a fine dining, you know, um, you see that that's what gets you coming back every time is that mm-hmm. service. So yeah, I, I would love to read that. I'm going to put it on my, um, Goodreads list. Put it on your list. Yeah. yeah. So in that same vein of, it sounds like your secret sauce is fun and rolling the fun into the service that you're offering. Are there any other things that people are listening and they're like trying to figure out how to stand out, how to have their own secret sauce, maybe in a similar vein? Is there any like tips you have for how to figure out what that could be? Well, I think uh, honestly, you have to be authentic. Like that's Mm -hmm. what it is. And especially if you're in a service industry related job where you're working directly with people. I think even if you're like a nail tech or a hair in a hair salon or, or mm-hmm. you're selling lotion and, or whatever beauty products, like you have to, I think we're so used to this like influencer culture now where people feel so separated from us and far away because we don't live that lifestyle mm-hmm. that it looks like these people are, are living. Cause they're in Dubai selling their skincare. And here I am in my little tiny, you know, side by side, wondering if that's going to work for me. So I think when we are authentic and we get down to people's level, then it, it immediately makes them feel like, okay, this person gets me and maybe what they're offering is what will help me. I will often, you know, on our initial calls, people, the first thing they do is apologize. Um, so I think it's 
thinking through like, where, where does your client feel the most vulnerable in a lot of ways? And then figuring out how you can meet Mm. them there. So like our clients will say, I'm so sorry. It's Mm. such a disaster. And I'm like, you should just see my bedroom right now. Like it's, it's a nightmare. My children have like come through here like a hurricane. I think that whole pretending that we have it all together. Everybody knows that's not real or they hope it's not real. When they meet you, you being your true self is what people are drawn to. And I think that's where, you know, I'm, I'm really good at affirming my team. And I'm like, what you are, we need that. Our clients need that. Like they need to see that part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what our clients come back to. Cause they're like, Oh, I love working with Jenny. Cause all she does is laugh and giggle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's why she's such a joy to have on our team. Even if she's not like doing the most amazing work, that's like Instagram worthy. That's not what it's, it's about. It's about our clients feeling comfortable mm-hmm. so that we can continue to come back and help them find a find a system that is like, eventually they can live with and maintain that one prompt there is really powerful and that anybody who has a business can ask is where are the people that I am working with feeling the most vulnerable right and that's a that's something I want to think about in my business too because there's a part of it that we become so focused on the service we're offering the product we're offering what we're doing how we're coming across and we forget that the only reason any of that matters is if it feels to somebody else like it is the solution to their problem. Yeah. But in order for them to admit that, that's actually vulnerable. It's actually vulnerable yeah. to admit that you need a solution to a problem, even if it's something like skincare. Like yeah. there's a part of you that feels like, well, like I remember when I was switching everything to like clean products, like I was like, I feel like I should know this already. And I feel like I should have already switched all these things. And I know. So part of me guilty immediately. Like, yeah. It's like, I yeah. kind of want to avoid the whole thing. Cause I feel like I'm already behind and the people that are most approachable in those scenarios are not the ones who seem like they have it all together. They're the ones who are sharing their own journey and how they yeah. also didn't know and how they also had these questions and how they also uh, didn't feel like they could afford it or whatever. And, and really meeting you on your level in that most vulnerable place. That's how you find your own secret sauce is you find the answer to that question. Right. And then be, be who you are. Um, And I think that's how also I found my ideal client was I just, there were certain clients and it was specifically in this sort of high-end luxury organizing that, you know, was huge budgets, but lots of expectation. I just never felt like my true self in that, in that moment. And so when I'm looking for my ideal client, I'm like, really, who am I the most comfortable with? Who do I feel like I can give the most value to? Um, and that, and that really is for us 80% of the time is young families. Cause that's mm-hmm. the kind of time we're in too. So good. Okay. One final kind of question topic is this whole idea of work-life balance. It's something that I talk a lot about with a lot of clients. I mean, now that you, you found, it sounds like you found some tools to like not be totally pulled into the hustle like you used to be, but what does it look like for you to kind of try to integrate your work, your personal life, being a mom, being a wife, being active in your community, all of those things? Well, I think it comes back to values, right? It's it's mm-hmm. always sort of in that, like, does this line up with my value? And 
like for me, wealth is, is not a value of mine. So, um, obviously wanting to provide for my family. Yes, I feel that, but really my role in our marriage in my house is connection like that. Mm -hmm. If I don't do that, nobody else will. Um, and, and also adventure and fun is kind of up to me. So if I'm not showing up for those two values, then it won't get done. And then I feel drained. Um, so I've almost learned that like, it's more important for me to focus on those things than to even build my business. So if the business has to take a back seat because we're all strung out and nobody's had any fun lately, um, then that's sort of my role. So I think it's almost like, we, we value certain things as a family, but then I think it's, it's also looking inside those values and seeing like, well, which one of us brings that? Um, mm. And for me, like, we always joke that I'm the fun one, but that's just because that's who I am. Um, and so when we start to lose those things, then I get really drained and, um, and I have to, you know, pull back. So what I obviously had had to do is hire in the areas that I'm weak so the things that I don't want to do, like Instagram <laughs> and uh, my finances, like we have people now who are doing that for us. And it's worth all of the time and money in the world because they just know what they're doing and I don't have to expend all my energy. So I think that's part of it, too, is learning where you're weak and then investing in that service. And then for me, like I know investing in coaching and that kind of stuff will always kind of keep aligning me back to mm. what I value if I'm in touch with my own emotions and I'm, and I'm taking the time that it takes to work on myself, then if I'm never that far away from me, then I feel like I can't get off track that quickly. But as, mm. as soon as I start to neglect me and my wants and my needs and the things that make me come alive, um, then everything falls apart and that's where stress comes in. So hmm. I don't even know if there's a balance, but I think there's almost like, there's just waves and seasons. Mm -hmm. and I kind of just am learning to ride those seasons and those mm -hmm. waves and have expectation for different times. And mm. I'm in a season of rest right now. That's what I feel like. That's really important. I get really tired really easily right now, that, which is unusual for me. I've had to back off, but the business is still growing. Like it doesn't that hasn't affected the bottom line Yeah, when I take care of myself and I, and I learned to sort of ride that wave. And I feel like cancer and COVID was the same sort of thing. It was like these roadblocks in a way that I think really were helpful in the long run. Cause I think I would have burned out had I not had physically someone slowing me down and being like, mm -hmm. you, you need to rest now. Mm -hmm. um, the, the whole idea of values being the guiding force that's how we kind of orient ourselves in terms of where our time and energy and money is going yeah. Yeah. and then also is staying connected to yourself yeah and that's that's self-care but that's also the relationship with yourself internally like am I actually honoring when my right. body tells me that she's tired am I yeah. uh, saying no to things that don't that don't serve me? Am I asking for help? Am I believing there are people, good people right. who could come yes. around me and this vision mm -hmm. and build it with me and all of those pieces that bring a relationship to self alive are yeah. so necessary in order to stay 
connected to your business and right. to your family right. to show up for any of it, you have to first show up for yourself. You really <laughs> so, do. And I'll yeah. share one quick story. And the other, this weekend, you know, we had been on this retreat and I was on this super high, high. And then, you know, your body crashes and it's like, oh my gosh, so we're back to reality. And Sunday, every Sunday we go to my in-laws and my body was just like, could not get out of bed. And, and I was like, okay, I got to get myself up together and I got to go to my in-laws and that's just what we do. And I was like, wait, why though? Like, maybe I should just say no and, and rest. So I asked my husband, I was like, do you mind if I just stay home and rest? And he was like, of, of course I don't mind. Like, like in my mind, it was this like huge commitment that I was supposed to be a part of. And if I don't show up, then like, I don't know, the parade's not going to happen or something. But like, really, he was like, that's fine. And then I had like a bath, which I've never done. I read my book and I watched my trashing show. And I was like, this is what it looks like to prioritize myself and not do what I think I should be doing, but do with like my body was telling me to do, which was to, to yeah. just stay home. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever really listened like that before, but it was wow. amazing. <laughs> I love hearing that. I love hearing that, especially because we did a session on that at the retreat where mm-hmm. we talked about the body, whether the body is saying yes or no, as opposed right. to the brain saying yes or no. And yes. yeah. so look at you just applying what you learned so quickly. Just loving this body. Just listening oh, to it. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> Amazing. This has been so fun. I so appreciate you sharing from your experience, your Thank wisdom, you. bringing your special secret sauce to us today yeah. and to yeah. our community. And yeah, I'm excited to see what's next for you to watch you grow. And I know there's even bigger dreams still to come. So I need to get a dream board going. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, follow along and give us a quick review so that we can get the more heart, less hustle message into the hands of more women. And if you want to take this work even deeper, come check out Life Launch. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of these ideas and we apply them to your life so you can get the incredible results for yourself. Check it out at heatherborsma.com. We'll see you next week.